What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the channel. Uh, second time today. That's the, uh, a first. That's pretty awesome. Um, but uh, thanks for joining in. And now I have Sheree Clark. You will know her as C.L. Clark, author of the upcoming fantasy debut, The Unbroken from Orbit Books. Sheree, how are you doing today? You know, I am not bad. Uh, winding up on a pretty nice evening over here in the UK. It's uh, not raining for once. Um, I've got stacks and stacks of this gorgeous book. I've got my and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing people start to get their pre-orders in, which is a bit uh, it's a bit surreal, especially because these I know are people who've actually bought the book, like they paid money, um, not like early readers and reviewers and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I can't. <laughs> but it's also really exciting it's really exciting don't get me wrong um but terrifying <laughs> but i know we were talking uh you know before we started the video that you know you, you kind of almost like forgot that you have a book coming out next week <laughs> yes yes i because it doesn't like you know i've been waiting for this for so long i we sold the book in like 2019, the end of 2019. And so in publishing years, this is actually quite fast. It's a very fast turnaround, but the year between it was 2020. So it feels even longer. Right. <laughs> um, and so now that it's finally here, I don't even, I don't know what to do with myself. And I, I'm a, I saw somebody on the internet say it was like five days until it comes out. and. It's baffling. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I don't. I really just don't know what to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I. I can imagine. I mean, you know, it's especially you know, if like for, for a debut. I mean, I guess you know, if you mm -hmm. had already written four or five novels, you're like, yeah, I got a book coming out. Great. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I, I, it, it, it's been in the works for five years. You know. Um. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, you're right. I mean, usually usually publishing takes a heck of a lot longer. Uh. I mm -hmm. mean, you sign a contract. You know. In you just kind of waiting on the wheels to start turning. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I mean, I guess, you know, you still go through your editorial passes and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, but then you get your cover art and you're like, oh my gosh, it's getting close. <laughs> I, okay. I got my cover art actually. I got it. I got it pretty early. Um, okay. Not, not the complete finished cover art, but I got sketches. Um, we were talking about Tommy Arnold, who's the artist for those of you who haven't seen or are not familiar with his work. Um, he also did the Gideon and Harrow covers, um, which are very famous now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I got the sketch of that um, late February, very early March, something like that. And um, the only the only conversation I didn't actually speak with Tommy himself, but uh, I talked with my editor, and she was like, "Oh, what are you thinking? I kind of envision." Um, taking that male character on a throne, like power stance, and then using her instead and doing like a gender swap thing. And I was like, yes, I'm done. I love it. That's perfect. Um, and then especially when she told me that they managed to get Tommy Arnold to do it, I was like, that's it. That's all I need in my life. And, <laughs> and sure enough, it ended up being perfect. Um, but I say, but I say one book and I'm done. I, I only need this one book with this one cover and I'm done. <laughs> well, we've actually, we've started talking about uh, book two's cover and book two's titles. I can't say anything about those, but I'm looking forward to it. I don't know, don't know what way my editor is leaning, 
but we will see hopefully shortly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I was talking to Tommy last week, I know, I know I mentioned that I had chatted with him uh, about your cover uh, specifically. And uh, yeah, he said that he's now going to be known as the, as the power stance cover artist, uh, you know, because of Gideon and Hero, mm -hmm. uh, now the unbroken. So I'm really interested to see a, what he does for the second book uh, mm -hmm. and B if he continues with that momentum uh, going, you know, going forward. So, which I've seen a couple of covers that are coming out this year from him and he does, he does continue. Yeah. It, so. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, so, so at first just kind of, kind of want to start out. I, I want to know about you. Um, I know we've had a little bit of interaction on social media. Uh, I mean, I've like followed you as soon as your book was announced and I saw the cover and I was like, I got to read it. And I did. And <laughs> it was phenomenal. But um, I want to know, you know, growing up, uh, you know, going through school, uh, kind of mm -hmm. how you got into writing and then we'll work our way up to, you know, your debut. Sure. Um, I feel like I've definitely been writing for as long as I can remember. Um, I used to have to go on these really long, um, really long car rides with my family and my cousins and stuff. And it'd be like an hour at least, at least once a week. And like an hour both ways, so two hours, and just me and my cousins in the back of this huge golden van. And I mean, you know, we were like five, six, seven, and eight between us all. And I'm like, what are we gonna do in the back seat for an hour? <laughs> so I started telling stories. Like uh, I was really obsessed with Goosebumps, so I was always trying to tell scary stories. And now I'm like scaredy cast, so I don't. I barely read horror. I definitely don't watch it. <laughs> Um, but I, I remember when I was in third grade, I was writing like these little like goosebump knockoffs on the big, that big brown paper that you could illustrate at the top and you had your like dotted lines at the bottom. I don't know if anybody remembers that from elementary school, but oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I did with my time. <laughs> so after that, um, I got in middle school, I discovered like early middle school, I discovered the Wheel of Time books. And that was kind of the beginning of the end as far as me kind of conceptualizing myself as a writer or someone who could do these things. So I was just like, oh, well, I, I must write this exact novel. And so I did, I, I started out with three boys in a small village. <laughs> Um, I didn't get too far into that plagiarism, though. <laughs> um, and now I'm really glad that I stopped while I was ahead or I'd still be trying to catch up. But, <laughs> um, but I did have teachers who kind of saw what I was doing and took an interest. And I was one of the nerdy kids in high school who just kind of loitered in the English teacher's classroom, whether to talk about books or to talk about my masterpiece that I was working on at the time. Um, and um, yeah, that's, it's kind of crazy to think back on that, but I wrote my first little fantasy short story in eighth grade for one of those English teachers. Maybe one day I'll put it up as like a special like juvenilia for everybody. But right now, I know. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too, you know. Um, but you know, for like a little thirteen-year-old, like I was, I was getting it. It's cool. 
I I really liked I liked fire magic a lot, and so there was a character who had like fireball powers, and um, eventually, um, eventually that came out, and so then she had a girlfriend with a sword, and then I mean it's very it's like I had a brand very early. Um, there's some magic, there's some sword, um, and they're they're gay together the magic sword gay and that's kind of that's, that's i guess well that's what i do now um, <laughs> i think what else so the unbroken is not my first ever completed novel um so i abandoned the wheel of time knockoff but then a little bit later i discovered um national novel writing month and Gosh, I think this was in college, early college by then. Um, and I wrote this, it, yeah, it's bad, but it was it was my first time really doing NaNoWriMo and I was desperate. So, <laughs> so it was originally about this princess, um, she was the lawful heir, not the same. This is not like Luca. Um, she was the lawful heir, but her dad died. And it wasn't her uncle this time. It wasn't her uncle. It was her half brother who had been unacknowledged, who um, kind of elbowed his way in, maybe or maybe not killed their father to get onto the throne. And then I needed some more characters to help. So I had these sort of like elves come in, but they were like like fae, but more human sized, but they were, they're like assassins or something like that. And, <laughs> but they have these really cool tattoos. That part was really fun. Um, they are, they do the whole allergic to iron thing. That was really fun. Uh, but then I couldn't figure out how to wrap things up. So, I, she's, from the beginning at least, I knew that she, she wore this little like iron pendant and it was supposed to protect her from the fae characters. But at the end I was like, you know, this pendant has a wolf on it. What if it means she can turn into a wolf? And so then she turns into a wolf. She like eats her brother and gets the throne back or whatever, I don't know. Um, it kind of wrapped up pretty messily as first nano <laughs> novels tend to do. <laughs> right. But I finished it. So that's, that's what matters most. Um, and then the next, I started, I was, I was doing creative writing classes in undergrad, but mostly realism because my professors had kind of like pushed me into that direction, which is not ideal. Um, I, I wish instead that they had just shown me how rich the world of like, even professional short fiction in science fiction and fantasy was even then, because um, it wasn't, it's not a new thing. Um, so instead I kind of shoehorned myself into realism and you know, it was, it was fine, but I never really felt good at writing those kinds of stories. And um, it wasn't until I graduated that I was just like, screw it. I discovered like Tor.com and from there I kind of discovered everything else. <laughs> And um, yeah, so then I started writing short genre fiction, which was much better. Um, what else, what else? 
So I worked a little while um, as a personal trainer before going to graduate school to get my MFA in creative writing as well. Um, but by then I had already finished a draft of The Unbroken. Uh, it was not called that at the time. It was called like, I had a lot of stupid titles because I knew I didn't have a good name for it. And so at one point it was like, just the placeholder was the Sand and Fire Chronicles. So I was like, how epic and overblown can I make this? <laughs> um, luckily that didn't stick. Um, and uh, yeah, so man, that's been like mm, almost 10 years. So, wow. ta-da! <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a journey. I, uh, I've never done the uh, the National Writers Month thing. I, I've, I've thought about it. I'm just like, I, I can barely like string a couple of days together writing. I couldn't imagine like putting a whole story together. Just mm, mm, not for me. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm, a very, I'm a very yeah. big procrastinator when it comes to writing. So, I mean, I do know a lot of nano procrastinators, people who are like trying to belt out 50,000 words in the last week. Some of them make it. Some of them don't. Goodness. The only one I think that can make it, and that's based on my chat, uh, would be uh, Alina Boyden. Uh, mm. we, we talked at Mayday Con last year, uh, and 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 Pete, Peter V. Brett was even taken aback by the fact that Alina can belt out like thirty or fifty thousand words in like a day. <laughs> and we're just like, we're not worthy. <laughs> How? Yeah. yeah, it's it's <laughs> baffling, um, and and I'm pretty sure. It probably happened with the last book, uh, which I think it comes out in April, I believe, The Gifting Fire, which is the second one in that series. But yeah, it, I, I don't know many people that can do that, but apparently Alina can. So may have to have a conversation with Alina. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I want to know, uh, you know, from from maybe not from your juvenile writing, but maybe from, you know, maybe like in college or, you know, when you started doing short stories, you know, how is your, how's your writing kind of changed? How's your process changed? Do you, you know, do you do outline more or do you still, or maybe, maybe you never did, but do you just kind of pant some of it or does it, does it all have to be laid out and then you fill in the gaps? Mm. Uh, early on, I was definitely a bit more of a pantser, definitely. But I kept finding that my stories never really coalesced. And this is like short stories and long stuff. I mean, as you heard from my, uh, my wolf girl princess story, <laughs> um, which, you know, it's fun to discover the small things. Like, while I don't like the story itself, the fact that I was like able to pick out, oh, well, she's got this wolf medallion, let's make something out of it. Like take what I have and do something with it. Um, and I like to think that I still, can do that pretty well, at least in revision, maybe not the first time around. But I also, um, maybe because of the time spent having to uh, kind of become a realism writer, maybe not, maybe it's more because of the fact that in school I also had to study poetry um, and I like poetry a lot. Um, but I, I feel like, at least with my short fiction, and I tried to carry it through in long fiction, but it's just such a monumental task, I have more of a, more of an affinity for language, for like sentence craft, and um, especially in my short fiction, though, when I can actually like 
pour over sentences for a longer amount of time and I can read it out loud over and over again, which I don't usually have time for that for a full novel. Um, and so I think that's, I mean, that's changed a bit. I, I know, on the flip side, I'm also like the more I get into public, like publishing and stuff, <laughs> I feel like I'm more scared as a writer than mm. when I was little. And um, on my little plagiaristic journey, um, what else? But say, I have to imagine like looming deadlines and edits and stuff. <laughs> it kind of, kind of, you know, makes you cringe a little bit, you know, in publishing. I mean, I, I can only assume it, it would get better over time. It may not, but <laughs> I can only assume, you know, once you get to like book three or like your next series, you're like, ah, oh, this isn't too bad. Just throw, throw the red pen my way. <laughs> yeah. Ask me next year. I mean, like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind revision. Um, but I feel like I spend so much time wondering, like, okay, well, there are so many branching paths. Like, I know, like, first draft isn't it. I'm happy with what I got out of it, but I don't know where I can go next because there are so many places I can go next. Yeah. Um, and now that I am publishing and that I'm working with deadlines, you don't really have that much time to mess around <laughs> you get like maybe like maybe you can explore a couple branches but if you end up spending six months to write down one branch and you get to the end and you're like this is not the right branch you don't have that much time to go write the other branch you know um and i think that's that's one of my like deep internal internal fears um not to get like too deep on main but <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> not that I'm going through that right now or anything. <laughs> no, that's that's never happening. It's that's not it's mm -hmm. not that's not a thing. Um, yeah, I, I I can see what you mean though. Yeah, you know, you, you sit there and you you go along this thread and it just like abruptly ends. And you're like, I've got to write another book after this. <laughs> and you're like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, you, get, get, let's 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 get back to brass tags. You know, let's, let's get back to the blank page. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, you know, cl clearly I'm not to that point in my writing. I'm not even to the point of having one book written, but you know, I, just the, the thought of going, okay, well, if I write this and I'm told it's good, but they want to turn it into two or three books that just, it feels like so much weight. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I can bear that. Yeah. It's so when I, when I wrote this, I kind of envisioned it as two books and then like maybe a prequel. Um, cause I wanted to, t I wanted to go back in time and talk about the old guard and how they got to be where they are. Um, and, um, so that was my, my sort of pre, um, pre-selling the book vision. And then they came back with the offer and they were like, it's three books. We want three books of Terrain and Luca. And I was like, <laughs> hmm. Okay, we could do this. We could do this. <laughs> uh, and so, though it's scary, it does let me do some of the things that I couldn't quite do with book one alone. Like, you know, they say so often to write a, a book that is a standalone with sequel potential, right? And um, so I feel like book one, The Unbroken is 
fairly condensed. Like a lot of stuff is happening in a very small space. I mean, it's a big book, but, mm-hmm. but it's still a small space for what it is. Um, and I think that knowing that I have two and three to play with means that I can get a little bit deeper into some of the magic stuff I can explore. Um, I have more options with character arcs, like more more characters you can hear from. There are a few point of views, points of view that I'm really excited for you guys to get out of book two. Um, I will say at the moment, at least, you've met everyone who has a point of view, but you haven't heard from all of them yet. I'm very excited. And by met, I mean, you know, they could have just been mentioned um little side characters best friends children maybe maybe not (laughs) i'm just very excited i'll say that much so i'm curious so so when you you know when you have this book and you and you in your mind you pitch it as two books and you have a prequel when they say okay uh, we want three books and this is how it's going to go into a prequel do you think about uh like writing in the narrative like some some like some of the past so you can kind of still bring your prequel mm-hmm. ideas in, but maybe have them as like flashbacks. Is that, I I guess, is that, would that be the way you could do it? Yeah, I thought about that. And I, I also, I thought about using like actual text because one of the characters, um, the apostate, she keeps kept keeps a journal, had one for like most of her life from like her past and stuff. Um, and so I kind of toyed with seeing if we can get some of that as like a sort of meta text type thing. Cause I really like including other texts like music, poetry and books and stuff inside, um, inside a, a book itself, like a story. Like you can hear on my, my world building for masochist podcast. Um, but um, yeah, I don't, I think the biggest issue I've come across, cause I, I really did think about this for book two. It was in my plans. And then I hit the blank page and I was just like, there's no room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no room in terms of like, it wasn't adding anything particular to the narrative. It might add more to book three's narrative. Can't say why, but it might. Um, <laughs> it might be important that way. Um, but yeah, I haven't figured out how to work it out yet. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I do like when there's, like you know your chapter headings you know they'll have like a little bit of text from say like mm-hmm. you know a specific book to the you know to your to your narrative or you know quotes or whatever i, I think that always adds just a little extra detail that i, I love seeing yeah. in books you know now that you mention it i'm reading a desolation called peace and i love how arcady martin does that with that and there it's always perfect for the chapter it adds a little bit of intrigue um a little cultural nuance yeah mm-hmm. but see now that I, now that you mentioned it i'm like well now i'm in book two so it might be weird to start that <laughs> nah. no 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 everybody's gonna love it it's fun uh yeah i think the first ever book that i read that had that granted i and, and i i've had to admit this a few times and people go really um i've only really been reading fantasy for like seven eight years um yeah. if that so i'm like a lot of these series you see on these shelves they're they're there. They're not read, but they're there because I'm also a collector. So, um, so yeah. So, but the the first one I read that that had sort of that 
subtext, you know, chapter heading uh, would be Beyond Redemption by Michael Fletcher. Okay. Um, it, it was originally published by Harper Voyager um, as a standalone, and he's written a sequel since. I think he's got a third book coming out that he's self-publishing. But um, it kind of it had like religious texts uh, that, that kind of like, you know, you were saying about uh, Arcady's book. You know, it, it kind of starts your chapter out and everything sort of culminates, you know, to, to make sense. Um, but I, I've like, I always look for that in books now. Cause I'm just like, Oh, it's, it's got, you know, it's got it. I love it. You know, but, uh, I, I think that's also like the whole, uh, when I, when I play like a video game, I don't just do the main quest. I'm mm-hmm. always looking for side quests or just, just to go yeah. traipsing around and killing stuff <laughs> so I can find treasure. So I think that's part of that whole like dynamic is I, I love mm-hmm. being as immersed as possible instead mm-hmm. of just trying to get something over with. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, if book two comes out and you've got those in the middle, then it's your fault. Thanks for that. Hey, I mean, like, I'll take the credit. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's going to be upset by it. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, if they are, then I'll also point them your way. So I mean, your editor may <laughs> stop you, but at, le- at least we had the conversation about it. <laughs> so, um, so I want to know, can you, can you tell us uh, about The Unbroken? Tell us what the story is about. I mean, I've already read it. I mean, I could tell everybody about it, but I think we'd rather hear from the author. So can you tell <laughs> us what to expect from The Unbroken? So The Unbroken is... Well, let's go with kind of where it came from. It came from um, a few different things I was studying at once, just kind of crashing together. I was studying, um, and I kind of designed an independent study uh, about violent women and fantasy with one of my professors. And I was asking questions like, you know, when do women get to be violent? What are the consequences? How are they viewed? Is it only in defense of like themselves and children? Or, you know, do they ever get to be heroes because of it? No. And so I was like, well, I want to do something that's kind of the opposite. Like, I want to I want to just see what it's like when women just get to, like, you know, fight people. Like, they get to be angry. They get to be messy. They get to just kind of, well, I'll keep it PG-13. But, you know, they just get to, like, break stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Including people. And, um, and, you know, people on, like, on, on all shades of morality. Like there are some people that you're not going to consider good guys for their violent acts, but others you might, they might indeed be heroes, but for them to be violent heroes is something that um, women don't often get to be. And so I wanted to explore that. Um, And I was also studying post-colonial literary theory and Francophone African literature, and it just sort of all coalesced at the same time and and kind of exploded. Yeah, so that's where The Unbroken came from. It is about one of those violent women who is a soldier. She's, uh, this is Terrain on the cover. Just a reminder in case you guys have forgotten. Um, I'll hold up mine. I'm just just gonna hold it up the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) That just like coiled, like she's ready to just punch somebody in the face. And so it's about Terrain, who is a soldier for this empire, a conscripted soldier, and um, Luca, who is another violent woman, though she 
does not enact the same kind of violence as terrain, not usually anyway. Um, hers is more uh, more political or more systematic because uh, she is the head of the empire or at least the aspiring head of the empire. And so The Unbroken is about the two of them um, negotiating this place of power over the colony. So Terrain um, is working with her, mostly working with her um, until she realizes that maybe it's not in her best interest. And so then we get some conflict between the two of them. Um, she starts meeting some of the rebels as she negotiates on Luca's behalf. Um, Luca starts meeting some of the empire's nobles. She becomes a bit disenchanted with them, and it all just gets tangled up from there. It gets, it gets pretty ugly, <laughs> I'll have to say. <laughs> and yes, Steph, we can never forget uh, terrain or her arms. You just can't. You can't forget it. It's always going to be there, and they're going to be magnificent. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that I picked it up solely based on Tommy Arnold's art. I mean, I, I kind of did. Uh, but, I mean, you know. I, know, I know that that art has sold more copies of that book than I could ever hope to. And I am not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> it was an but, A plus A plus choice. It was. It was. Um, but yeah, uh, but the, the, the story backs it up. It's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and I clearly highly recommend it uh, from my review. I mean, it, it, it says that you should go buy it. So, um, but I have to know, did you, did you originally set out to write a military fantasy? I mean, I know that's kind of like your research background, but is that, you know, you're like, this is where I'm going with it. I'm not going to divert at all. Um, you know, did you ever like, I'm going to write a sweetheart, you know, love story fantasy that doesn't have any murder. Um, <laughs> doesn't have anybody breaking necks or kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I didn't. I thought that maybe I could put like a sweetheart love story in it. And then mm -hmm. I realized I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, no, these kids are way too messed up for. Yeah. Like um, just too, it's too messy. And the power dynamics are too messed up. And I wanted mm -hmm. to just, I wanted, I wanted the relationship to stay messed up. And I wanted it. So I didn't want to, I didn't clean it up or try to make it seem um, not problematic is very, it's a, I mean, I hope people realize this as they read, but it is not a role model relationship. It is not something that we should aspire to, I hope. Um, unless you're just aspiring to the arms, in which case, knock yourself out, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because I knew I wanted to tell a, a like a revolution rebellion story. I knew it was going to be military in some way. Um, and because also because I wanted to explore some of the like the violent nature, I really, I mean, there are, I guess, other ways of being violent than going to war. But I think that even so many of our social problems could be considered different wars, um, which was something that we did discuss in my, my war narrative class, like we were talking about just a little bit. Um, like 
like, you know, part of it is a choice to use language like that. Like um, we discussed like the war on women, um, the war on um, black people in the United States, the war on people of color in general in the United States, as, as we can see, that's never ended. And we never call it war explicitly unless you know you're in certain circles but we have other things like the war on drugs and um but in reality i don't know what you could call these protracted centuries of violence if not war um and i mean maybe it's because it's missing a declaration like nobody said ah today we will wage war on women but what's the difference other than that so yeah. that makes sense now now we're not going to say that the unbroken doesn't have some tender moments they're just they're 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 kind of put below <laughs> there there is some violence is what we're trying to say there's there's a little bit of violence in there it's it's a little gritty <laughs> i mean yeah so i uh, if you're going to read the unbroken and I mean, I would recommend like a chaser, <laughs> something something warmer. Like yeah. I think I think Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell might be a good chaser. Um, maybe. Gosh, we need more book chasers. Can we start that as a thing? <laughs> yeah, shot chaser. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> uh, I gotta look at my bookshelves. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> Okay, no, we can, we can, we can, we can, we'll meet at the drawing board and discuss. Yes. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do a, a Twitter thread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that idea. But yes, I, I think you, I think you need to finish reading it and then read something a little more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of lighthearted books though. But I mean, Winter's Orbit may be an exception, but you know, since like the pandemic started, I feel like everything's kind of dark. I mean, maybe it's just because of the state of the world, but you know, maybe I mean, it just kind of has that hue now, but I don't know. I think part of it is also like I I could probably think of things or source um source some stuff from friends, but I just kind of gravitate toward tragedies. I think I really I really like them. I don't know why. Um, so I know of nice things like um like Paladin's Heart. I own. It's supposed to be pretty nice and warmer type with some romance. I think it's a romance overall, but um, I really like the Alpenia series by Heather Rose Jones. Those, you know, they're, they're tense and stuff, but they're sweet overall. Um, I don't know if they're considered capital R romances, but they feel like it. So, you know, um, yeah. And I can't think that's kind of where it stops. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think because I mean, like, I, I guess you could say like, the Bone Shard Daughter is not like dark. I mean, it's more of like mm-hmm. a lighter tone for as far as fantasy. So I mean, if you need something a little, you know, that could be a decent chaser if you haven't already read mm-hmm. it. Which if yeah. you haven't read it, um, Tasha Suri's other books, the Jasmine oh, yeah, Throne Empire, may Empire not be Sand. a good. Yes, Empire of Sand, Realm of Ash, the Jasmine Throne is a great chaser if you want something similar. <laughs> That's just um, another drink. That's not a chaser. <laughs> well. <laughs> if you like to like chase to whiskey with vodka, how about it? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I definitely. Uh, so I got an arc of that uh, last week. Um, so that'll be that'll probably be one of my April reads. Um, I've got like so many that I've like started, and am all like I'm trying to read them all at the same time. And every time I sit down to read, something like comes up. Uh, you know, like tornadoes or uh, you know whatever. But yeah, I. I'm planning on finishing the books I said I was going to read in March. In March, so I've got what's today, the 18th. I don't have much time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, I'm definitely going to read the Jasmine Throne, especially after watching your chat with with Tosh the other day. So, um, uh, and if anybody missed that, I think you can rewatch it. Maybe I'll have to mm-hmm. find out. Um, yeah, it's somewhere in the Orbit Twitter feed or something. You can find it. It's there. Okay. Awesome. So. Uh, I think you may have answered this question already, but we'll come back to it. Uh, how long has the character of Terrain been like running circles around your mind before like you wrote her down? I wrote the first, what I thought was going to be the first chapter. It's gone now, but um, in like summer of 2012. So yeah, almost 10 years. A little while. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's kind of how it goes, though. I mean, I, I feel like you, you you have that character, you have that small idea that just sits there and sits there and sits there, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I got the idea, I write it down. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't feel like you just like get the inspiration and then like boom, there's a book. I, I, I feel like it's always kind of a, a so melting act, pot. I mean, like it it was it was like so I got the idea, I guess you could say, like in, in June ish. Then I started writing. Um, I did Nano again that fall after I wrote the first chapter. I was like, okay, let me just do a little little thinking to get ready for Nano. And so I wrote, like, I didn't finish it, but I wrote 60, 70,000 words that November and then finished it the next year. But that all of that time, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was so much just like thinking about it, but it was like, I was chasing her down. Like I was rewriting draft after draft after draft. Um, and I mean, I took some time to work on short stories. And while I was in grad school, it could be kind of hard because um, workshop isn't always really great for doing novels because, you know, like you maybe get feedback on a chapter at a time that may not be how you work best and people haven't read the whole thing. So they're trying to give you advice and they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, so some, like for classes, I would just sometimes write short stories and just kind of move on with it um, and just write the novel on my own. But um, yeah, it's so I, I definitely, it was, I would not call it a passive experience. Let's say, <laughs> let's say that. Okay. Um, so for those of us who have already read The Unbroken, um, can you say anything about book two? I mean, I know you just handed it in, but is there any little tidbit of information you can talk about? Um, besides, like, some char- besides some mentioned characters that may be <laughs> talked about further? <laughs> give me like an area of interest and I'll see if there's something I can tell you about it. Like if you have a, a lingering curiosity i'll ask you this i'll ask you this so since you're going to be talking about other characters in the second book Mm -hmm. 
do Terrain and Luca take a little bit of a step back in the narrative? No. Or are they still in the forefront? They're still in the forefront. Okay. Um, they just have um, let's say they have some more vocal sidekicks come in and okay. some previous sidekicks kind of get elevated to like not quite third main character status, but um, definitely someone who is, you know, so let me say this instead. Um, we've got a couple regions on the board, right? We've got Baladare and we've got um, Kazal and the other um, colonies, uh, Baladare's other colonies from the old Shalin Empire. And, um, you know, when, when you have a rebellion, you got to set things up again. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough. It's really early. So it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll take that little bit of a tease. Um, so, okay. So, uh, and, and I have to ask about this because I saw it on your blog. Um, oh. You said you're writing a flintlock fantasy. Mm. I need details. Or can you give details? Um, so, so I'm not a weapons expert. And so that's why I never go into details with like the kind of like specific kind of gun. And if you look closely, you'll see that nobody ever like lights a spark pan or any of that stuff. I just, they loaded the gun, traded it, fired, got a new one, fired, like, cause I'm not, <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> I do not have time for that. Um, and so I'm sure somebody is going to be very pedantic one day and be like, you didn't do it. I'm like, I don't, no, I didn't. There's always <laughs> that one person. There's always, there's, there's um, never not. <laughs> um, but I would consider um, the Unbroken and so on to be flintlock fantasy. They're like, they're, they're not modern day guns, but oldie guns. And um, yeah, so that, that's probably what I was talking about okay. on the blog. Okay. I was I was thinking there might be something else in the strategy. No, somewhere. my next plan, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what I'm actually going to write. Um, because that's a couple years down the road. But the one that yeah. I'm thinking about is um I actually want to go way back. I wanna kind of go back to um like old guard fantasy, you know, like you know, back to my roots, like like Wheel of Time and and um Dragonlance and um like the Belgariat. So I want to like go back to that kind of fantasy story, mm -hmm. but I want to make it better. <laughs> uh, like, you know, I want there to actually be women in it. I want there to be brown people. Um you know, but I also want dragons and I want swords and I want um I just want to go back and play in the fantasy I always wanted to see myself in when I was younger and do it for me now and so and like yeah do i want it. an excuse to have to take some sword classes and whatever um Ooh. yeah i might have to hook you up with uh <laughs> with miles cameron on that one okay <laughs> i'm ready yeah i'm ready we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk we'll we'll get we'll get uh we'll get miles in on a chat um th that'd be awesome i, I mean uh, i'm I, we're all here for it 
bring it, do it better. Uh, you know, I mean, I know, uh, you know, we've got, you know, Evan Winters uh, series um, that's mm-hmm. that's killing it right now. So mm-hmm. bring in another one. Why not? Uh, we we love we love we love dragons all the time. So. Um, there's um there's this really I I don't it's not on my 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 computer background anymore, but it was for the longest. But um there's an artist uh Ilse Gort. I don't know if that's how you say their name. Um, but they have a dragon like a this gorgeous, probably digital I guess painting of a dragon, a woman on a dragon, and um. It's called the Initiate. So if anybody wants to go look that up, it's gorgeous. And I just I love to write a novel like that. Um, that would be amazing. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead, go ahead and drop that down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, kind of taking away from books, um, can you talk a little bit about Podcastle? It's actually something mm-hmm. I unfortunately didn't know about until I started following you on social media. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts, even though I started one. Um, but can you tell tell the audience that that maybe you're looking for a new podcast uh, about Podcastle? Yeah. So Podcastle is one of four sibling podcasts um, with the Escape Artists, um, the Escape Artist Podcast umbrella. It is the fantasy sister. There's a dragon. Um, it's also accompanied by Pseudopod, which is the horror imprint podcast. Um, Escape Pod, which is the science fiction one, and uh, Cast of Wonders, which is kind of like for younger listeners. Um, it kind of spans all the genres, but it's got more of a hopeful bends like for younger audiences. And um, Podcastle, we are... I, it's hard to describe, especially because you know, aesthetics kind of change a little from editor to editor, but under Jen and me, it's, we like, we're, we, you know, we both like kind of depressing-ish stories. <laughs> um, sorry about it. Um, but we try to lighten that up a little bit because um, I think Podcastle has a reputation for being, um, a little bit closer to um, kind of that old guard fantasy feel, but with a more modern sensibility. Um, But I think we can also be a bit literary as well, kind of like Beneath Ceaseless Skies. Um, I think sometimes um, our tastes kind of overlap with um, Scott Andrews over there. So we steal a lot of reprints sometimes from him. Um, yeah. And we are open for submissions until the end of March. Stories, uh, original stories up to 6,000 words. And uh, we pay Sifwa Pro, so eight cent per word. And we also have a flash fiction contest that is also open until the end of March. So go submit, go submit. Hey. Get two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you you get your short story in. I'll finish my TBR. We're good. Um, so uh, I want to ask last question I got for you. Um, mm. What are some book recommendations that you have? This is my favorite part all the time. But 
I might need you to be just a little bit more specific so that I can like categorize my own brain. Otherwise, you're just gonna get like and get spewed. Uh hmm. okay. Give me two reads from the past that you've read that you would recommend. Uh, you can say like 2020 and before, and then two or three that maybe would be coming out this year that you've probably already read. Because, you know, as an author, you get to read books really early for blurbs and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So let's start with past and then we'll do future. Okay. Past, 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 past. Of course, now all of a sudden, I can't remember a single thing I read. Of course, before yesterday. it happens every time. <laughs> um, before, what even did I do in 2020? I know it feels like it feels like it was like a decade. We already talked about Mozart daughter, so I won't yep. do that. Um, wait, okay, just and it wait. doesn't have to be orbit. <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to suck up to, to orbit, but it just like it just so happens that I did get books from them, <laughs> and so that was one of the last books I read last year. <laughs> um, okay, so we were talking about a desolation called peace. I'm going to cheat and say a memory called empire. Okay. Um, I read that last year, and also. Um, What's it? Uh, Savage Legion by Matt Wallace. I love that book. And they're both also really well in conversation with The Unbroken. So if you guys are looking for something that's like that, um, but different. Um, okay, now I'm kind of getting my stride. Like in that same vein, you know, you've got um, um, The Trader Barrow Cormorant is also kind of in that same that same wheelhouse of books similar or in conversation with The Unbroken. Um, You're also naming books that all have wonderful covers. I love Chris McGrath's artwork for uh, for Matt Wallace's books. And uh, yes. yeah. I mean, I, I love the art for this, or an installation called Peace, but a, a Memory Called Empire probably has one of the most gorgeous covers I've ever seen. That mm -hmm. that freaking throne is just it's so amazing. Good. It's so Ugh. good. Ugh. Um, I also really liked The Empress of Salt and Fortune. I think that's maybe my favorite novella um, by Nevo. And um, mm, I said that was one I didn't get to last year. I, 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 I had to I had to shout I had to shout from the rooftops about Ring Shout. So that that was like that that took the cake as soon as I finished it. I love PJ Clark's work. So I haven't I I have um, so here's where I get like you know my sort of horror squidge kind of happens like I like I want to read it I want to read it uh, <laughs> as, as a writer I really want to read it right but mm, I don't I, I don't know mm, we'll see we'll see <laughs> it's like it's like half horror so if that makes it any better well then I'm it's gonna be still pretty scared. scary yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it could help you a little bit with your uh with your foot locky side just mm. heads up oh <laughs> uh, let's see okay and um doo -doo -doo. so for coming up i think 
I already mentioned the Jasmine Throne, which I have cheated and read already, as well as She Who Became the Sun uh, by Shelley Parker Chan. I think it is, oh man, it's so gorgeous. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like you could read, um, you could read it and The Unbroken and The Jasmine Throne. And that would just be like whiskey, vodka, rum, just all three back to back. Um, I don't know whose book would be whose or would be which, but um, yeah, so those, I just started listening to Genevieve Gornacek's The Witch's Heart, which I'm really excited about because I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, so I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla right now. And so I'm feeling really nerdy about history and mythology. And so I want to read that. And I wanted to read Hild, which is set in England around the same time. Um, and um, yeah, I think those are the two I had on my list, maybe more. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I could probably go on about books I want to read this year. <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention, so uh, so one that's probably not on a lot of radars because it's self-published, but I had to buy a paperback copy, is uh, The Crimson Script by S.J. Hull. Um, he, uh, he he sent me a, a, an e-copy of it, and I'm, I should be reviewing it probably beginning of next week, but I, I did mm -hmm. a blurb for it. Um, but it, it's kind of like uh, V for Vendetta meets Game of Thrones, like season one. Uh, it's very political. Um, it's got, you know, it's got a little bit of flintlocky alchemy kind of stuff to it. It's really good. Mm -hmm. um, and then one I actually just got, which, uh, which I'll be reading soon. It's called Appleseed by Matt Bell. Uh, oh. I, 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 was, I was pitched it, and then I saw on the cover that Stephen Graham Jones did a blurb for it. I'm like, all right, send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Stephen Graham Jones. He's like he's like one of my favorite authors ever. Um, mm -hmm. The only good Indians. I know you don't like horror, but well, I've so I have one, and I really want to read it. I've gotten I've gotten through it, but I haven't finished it because you know the sense of dread it's got little, to be a little, little bit too much. I had to put it down. So I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but one I did just finish. Hold on. My headphones don't stretch far enough. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned she who became the sun. So here's, here's yep. the U S oh, cover. So uh, yeah. Uh, so that, that's probably one of my April reads. Um, and I've already been told it's amazing clearly and by you as well. Uh, and one that I just finished that I reviewed last week is the last watch oh, by JS yes. Deuce. I want to read uh, that. I'm actually going to be chatting with her on April the 8th. Uh, to go to talk a little bit about it, uh, but it's really good. It's like the Night's Watch from Game of Thrones in space. So yeah. it's like Game of Thrones expanse. You know, the universe is about to collapse. It's it's pretty awesome. So yeah. Um, oh, I yeah. want to add. I want to add um, the Poison Wars uh, by Sam Hawk. I like those two books. I read those last year on audiobook, like back to back. They were so good. Uh, the first one is City of Lies, I think, mm -hmm. and the second one is Hollow Empire. Mm -hmm. So you guys should check that out, especially Absolutely. on audio. And Sam's also awesome, so give her a follow on Twitter. Um, honestly, give all the authors that we just talked about a follow on Twitter. They're all great. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, so we are looking – we got to show the cover again. We're looking forward to your release next Tuesday of The Unbroken by C.L. Clark. 
<laughs> it's gonna be it's amazing. I've already read it, so you should read it too and get all the these book. people said it's amazing. Yes, all, all of these, all these people. Uh I did too. So if you follow me, you know, my blog, you can find my review there. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're you know definitely looking forward to pub day. We'll push it, push it, push it, push it, review it on Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes and Noble, everywhere. Um, and then clearly I'm already looking forward to book two because I've already read it. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get there when we get there. So, um, but uh, I just really appreciate you taking the time. I know uh, I know your you know your time difference in the UK <laughs> versus where it was in the states. You know, it's a little little laggy a little bit, um, especially with daylight savings time too. So, but uh, it's it's been a, a phenomenal time chatting with you. Um, yeah, so and much we'll, fun. We have to do it again. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward oh, and to. Also, She's going to be on TBRCon next year. That's exactly what way. I was going to say. I'm looking forward to TBRCon next year. <laughs> it feels like it's so far away, but it's not. I really need to get on the ball. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll try to talk before then. But if not, we'll definitely see each other for TBRCon. And, uh, and, yeah, so, again, everybody pick up The Unbroken. Do it. Pre-order it now. Uh, get it when it releases on Tuesday. And, uh, and yeah, we'll talk later. Uh, I see somebody has a quick question about oh. ha having a preview of book two and book Ooh. one. The answer is no, because yeah. I did not have enough of book two written in my head to be able to say, this is the final first chapter. Nope. <laughs> Sorry about that. Next time. <laughs> All right. Awesome. You guys. Well, you, you, guys uh, so you enjoy the Yeah. Thanks everybody. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks, you too.